Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and my little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Episode 17? Yeah. Factors affecting enzyme activity. Sounds hard. No. Not really. Oh, okay. Yeah. By the way, I liked the little musical intervals we have now on our on yes. our podcast. Yes. I like it. Thought I'd add those in see little experiment. I like it. I see really like it. Went. Thought it worked well. That's good. So it, basically, we're looking at named factors, so concentrations, temperature, and pH. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how if we change those things, so if we increase them or decrease them, how that affects the rate of a reaction that's being controlled by an enzyme. So it sounds quite complicated, but it's not. Next week we'll finish our enzyme episodes because we're going to look at inhibition, so competitive and non-competitive inhibition of enzymes, which you won't know what that is, and we won't worry about it now, but we'll look at that next week, and that should be the last enzyme episode that we'll do. So how are you feeling about last week's episode now? Because you found it quite hard. Yes. You found the exam questions difficult. They were the most difficult part. It was Mm -hmm. getting that language right. How are you feeling about that now? I have forgotten everything. Yeah, you've forgotten. <laughs> let's just just talk through the key facts from yeah. from the last le- from the last episode. So, biological catalysts they increase the rate of reaction. They make the reactions happen faster. They're proteins. So, what's the most important part of an enzyme? The active site. The active site. What part of the structure of a protein informs that active site? So it's not primary. It's not secondary. It's The tertiary, yeah. So you need that primary structure, that sequence of amino acids to be correct so that it will fold or pleat or coil into the secondary structure and then again that will further fold or further pleat into its tertiary structure and form its active site, which is the functional part. So if the amino acids aren't in the right place, that shape won't form. And then obviously we know that So the active site is its 3D shape, its tertiary structure, but it's specific. In what way? Conform... Complementary. Complementary. It's complementary when it fits in. Yeah. To what? Subsidiary. (laughs) I don't remember what he said. Substrate. (laughs) Substrate. (laughs) And what do they form? So when they fit together, they form a complex. Yeah? Yes. The enzyme-substrate complex. The enzyme-substrate complex. Yeah. So they're complementary to each other. Their shapes match. They fit together. ESC. Yeah, that'll do. So then we talked about how they work. So we talked about activation energy. Do you remember what that is? There's the amount of energy needed to what? To break it up or put it together. So in in a roundabout way, yeah. So it's the amount of energy needed to put into a reaction for it to start. Yeah. So remember we talked about collisions between Uh the particles. They have to collide with enough energy. Don't go if they don't have enough energy hard enough then. They bounce away from They just bounce away from it and they won't have changed. Whereas yeah. if they hit with enough energy, they collide, they react, that there's enough energy there to change the electron structure so that they bond together and it forms a product. Remember, enzymes work by lowering the amount of energy needed to start that reaction yeah. up. So it just happens to be a lot 
it will happen at lower temperatures. It can happen at lower temperatures, like body temperature. And then you've got, do you remember we talked about induced fit, the induced fit model? Yeah, it's like a glove. Yeah. Even though we talked about them being complementary. They actually aren't. The model is that they're not complementary, like straight away or to start with, but the active site will mould around the substrate yeah. and become complementary and put pressure on the substrate, do you remember? Mm-hmm. And distort the bonds, bend the bonds in the substrate so that in order for it to react, the bonds that need to be broken are already mm-hmm. partway there, so you don't need as much energy yeah. to put in them. We've sort of recapped all the important little key points there. So when we talk about a rate of reaction, what do you think that means? How fast it happens. Yeah, so how quickly the reaction happens um, or so the speed at which it takes place. So typically we'd be looking at how quickly reactants are used up or so how quickly it takes for them all to disappear Mm -hmm. or how quickly the products form. Does that kind of make Mm -hmm. sense? So that's that's kind of things that we would be looking at. And then so using that information, so how much product is made, or so it'd be like there'd be centimetre cubed of gas being made uh, over a specific time, you can calculate the rate. So it's like, you know, however much you made over time and and you'd have your grams per, I don't know, centimetre cubed per second or something, you'd have your rate. Uh, It's important to remember that the rate won't be the same all the time that reaction is taking place. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. They start off really quickly normally. There's lots of reactant there. They're going to easily be able to collide with each other. And then as time goes on, there'll be less and less Mm -hmm. reactant and more product in the mix. So it'll be more difficult for the reactants to collide and find each other. And the reaction kind of slows down and eventually will stop. Over time, a reaction rate will change. And it's important to know what's kind of happening at each stage, especially if it's an enzyme-controlled reaction, because depending on what's happening in the reaction, it can also affect the enzyme. Let's just look at some typical rate graphs to start us off. Okay, so we're just looking at graphs one and two on this sheet of paper. All the graphs and diagrams that you that Sarah is looking at today are available at teachmescience.co.uk. They're just straightforward diagrams. They're not always um, labelled very fully because we want you to be able to label them as you're listening to the podcast. Make notes on your resource or whatever if you print it off from the website. Okay, it's all free. Just go on there. Just get what you want off there and, and use it. So graphs one and two, okay, just are typical rate graphs, okay? What we've got is we've got, for graph number one, we've got product formed. Yeah. And graph number two is reactants used up. So you can kind of see the pattern that we're looking at. If we're looking here at, say, the breaking down of maltose into glucose, maltose being broken down into glucose using maltase. This one is glucose being formed, okay, so over time, as the maltose is broken down, the glucose builds up. Yep. And graph two is the maltose being used up. So we start off at the beginning with lots and lots of maltose, so and then it slowly from goes down. Low to high, and then high to low. Yeah. So depending on how you're measuring your rate of reaction, if you're measuring product, it'll go up. Yeah. If you're measuring reactant, it'll go down. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, we just want to talk about what's happening at each stage of these graphs. At the start of both, you've got lots and lots of substrate, lots of reactant, lots of maltose. Yeah. And lots and lots of empty active sites ready for the substrate to bind with it. Products can be rapidly made or substrates can... So for this one, your, your product's being rapidly made, your glucose is being rapidly made. And here you've got your substrate being rapidly used up. So at the beginning, the rate is at its fastest. Because there's lots of it available. Because there's lots of it available. And lots of active sites yeah. available. So you can always tell it's faster because it's steeper. 
So it's like making loads, but in a short amount of time or getting rid of lots, but in a short amount of time. So you can tell it's the fastest. Now, as the reaction goes on, the amount of uh, substrate is going to decrease or the product is going to increase. Eventually, you're going to reach a point where there's very few substrate molecules left. So there's very few maltose left. And it's more difficult for them to find the enzyme. Because there's, there's, Cause there's less. Other stuff. Yeah, and there's product there getting in the way. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it's harder for them to reach it. So the rate is starting to slow. Now you can see that by the curve. So it's no longer steep and sh like steep and quick. It's actually starting to slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's because it just basically takes longer to break down the substrate or to form the product. Now the graph is eventually going to flatten off. And that's it. It's all done. There's no more substrate to break down. So for graph two... There isn't any more substrate to break down. It's all gone. It's all been it's all been turned into product. Well, here there's no more glucose to be made, so it'll flatten off because it's all all the glucose that you're going to make out of that maltose is made. So it'll stay high. It'll just stay at that level. Whereas here it actually goes down to nothing because there's no substrate left. So let's start looking at our first factor. We're going to look at enzyme concentration. So what do you think that means? How many enzymes are available to react with to reactions? Yeah. 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 So how many okay. enzyme molecules is present in uh, in that solution at that time? So obviously, the more you have in that volume, the higher the concentration. The graph we're going to look at here is slightly different. So graph three is showing enzyme concentration against rate of reaction. As you add more and more enzyme to the reaction, you can see how it affects the rate. So you've got like a steep increase, and, and then, then it eventually the it's like it stays the same. Yeah. So this isn't an ongoing reaction. This is different reactions with different amounts of enzyme concentration in, and it's just what was the rate, what was the, the best rate at that in that reaction. You can see from this graph that as the concentration increases, the rate of reaction increases. But then eventually, it's going to plateau off, and that's what that means, flatten off, plateau off. No matter how much more enzyme you add, because obviously, look, we're still increasing the enzyme. If you look at the x-axis, even if you go along and increase it, it doesn't make any difference to the rate of reaction. And we're going to look at why. So basically what we're looking at here is called uh, limiting factors as well. So we're bringing in what we call limiting factors. As the reaction goes on, or as the, as you increase the, the enzyme concentration, that's actually limiting how much it can. So the rate will only be as fast as that because that's all that concentration of enzyme will allow it to do. But eventually you get to a point where it doesn't matter how much enzyme you add, it doesn't make any difference. So actually enzyme concentration isn't limiting the reaction anymore. Because it's already reached its highest. For that particular substrate amount, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we start to bring in other factors. So when the enzyme concentration is quite low, there's not enough active sites because there's not enough enzymes. So you're going to have lots and lots of substrate or you're going to have some substrate there. Not enough enzymes. With not enough enzymes because the concentration is too mm -hmm. low. As you increase it, the substrates will have more, so there'll be more reactions, so the reaction will be faster. So the more enzyme molecules are present, the more active sites are available for the substrate molecules, so the rate will be higher. And then we can see that because it's going up, isn't it, mm -hmm. on the on the line. But then we come to a point where actually the substrate concentration starts to limit it. Because they run out of substrates and there's, there's, there's not enzymes in substrates. Exactly. So you can see at the higher ones where it's plateaued off, there's plenty of enzyme, but there just isn't enough substrate. If we added more substrate, that line would continue up, but it would plateau off slightly higher. Do we make substrates or do we make enzymes? Uh, it depends on, it depends. It's like we make our own enzymes and it tends to be that those enzymes will work on substrates from our food. Okay, so um, substrates come from food mostly. And things like that, yeah. Okay. Where was I in terms of this? So you've understood that really well. You know, there'd need to be more substrate for that rate yeah. of reaction to be any higher. 
So as I've said before, it doesn't matter how many more enzyme molecules you add, it's not going to make any difference because there's not enough substrate. So that's why it is kind of plateauing off. And the way that we would say that is there's no more enzyme substrate complexes can be made. Now, substrate concentration has, it's kind of the same thing. Okay? okay, same pattern of the data. You can see the graph shape is exactly the same. You've got that very fast increase and then it slows to a plateau. And it's kind of the same idea, okay? As you increase the substrate concentration, the rate of reaction rate of goes up. increases until you get to a point where it has no more effect and it, and it plateaus off. off. If this was real data and real graphs uh -huh. and it asks you to describe the data or to describe the pattern or to describe how one affects the other, you would say that. So you would say... As the substrate concentration increases, the rate of reaction increases yeah. until it plateaus off. But you'd have to read off the data, the point where it did. Or the numbers? Yeah. Okay. So you'd have to say it plateaus off at whatever concentration. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you'd get your mark if there was data on the graph. These are just sketch graphs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's no data available. So again, we're in this situation where it doesn't matter how much more substrate concentration we add. When it plateaus off, that's it. It's yeah. not going to be able to make any more enzyme substrate complexes than what we've made. And we'd have to add more enzyme for it to go higher. Low substrate concentration, not enough substrate to fill all the active sites. There's loads and loads of active sites yeah. available, not enough substrate to fill them, so the rate's going to be quite low. The more substrate you add, the more active sites that are occupied, the faster the rate will be. And then it starts to reach a point where all the active sites are occupied. And there's too many substrates left. There's too many substrates left. Yeah. Exactly. So there's no enzyme to form any more enzyme substrate complexes with the substrate that we've got. It doesn't matter how much more you add. You'd have to add more enzyme to change that graph. So the limiting factor as we're increasing is, is the substrate. Because as you increase the substrate, it still goes up. But at the point where it plateaus off, it becomes the enzyme concentration yeah. that's limiting it. And you can see it in the diagram there. You've got lots and lots of enzyme complexes, but then you've got some leftover substrates yeah. with no active sites mm -hmm. to fill. Temperature. Now, temperature is a little thing all by itself, to be honest. It doesn't have the same graph shape, and we'll understand why in a minute. A typical temperature graph looks like this. So this is graph five. As we increase the temperature... The rate of reaction will increase until it reaches the optimum temperature. We'll not get any higher than that. That is the best temperature for that enzyme to work at. Mm -hmm. After that, the rate of reaction will decrease. Mm -hmm. So you understand what optimum temperature means? The best temperature. Best temperature for that enzyme. Yeah. The perfect one. On the increase, as the temperature increases, the enzyme and substrate molecules are getting more energy from that heat. From the heat being provided, that heat energy, the molecules are getting more kinetic energy, so they're moving around more. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So the more energy they have, the faster they're moving, the more likely they are to collide with each other, yeah. and the more likely they are to have successful collisions, which means have enough activation energy to, to react when they collide. So they're moving around more, they're colliding more often, and they're forming those enzyme substrate complexes more often because they've got that energy. When the temperature reaches, say, 40, 45, the enzyme molecules are vibrating so much that it starts to affect the bonds in the active site. In a bad way? Well, in a way where it's probably the best temperature, it's got the most energy to, to have collisions, but it's starting to break down. So the active site is starting to change. The more that happens and the more energy and the higher it goes, the more bonds start breaking in that active site, causing that active site to change shape. And why, that that why is that a bad not, thing? The enzyme won't work anymore. Yes, why? Because it's not complementary. Yeah, it's not going to be complementary anymore yeah. to the substrate and enzyme-substrate complexes won't form. Mm -hmm. 
at about 60 degrees, the active site will be so altered and so disrupted that it will no longer fit the substrate anymore. Mm -hmm. It's no longer complementary, just like you just said. And we call that denaturing, okay? So the enzyme has become denatured, okay. which means the active site is changed shape so much. It's no longer complementary to the substrate because all the bonds have broken that holds the folds and the coils together in the active site of the tertiary structure. Yeah. Now, that's a permanent change. That enzyme is gone, destroyed. Mm. The likelihood is, is that your body will break it down anyway into the amino acids, and then your body will use those amino acids to make the substrate again, assuming that your body's okay. But it would have to be that there was something wrong in the first place for it to get that hot? If enzymes to stop working in your body, you'd have to have a fever that took your body beyond its normal temperature, and, would, and then that would start to affect your enzymes. This is why your increase in body temperature becomes so dangerous, even by a couple of degrees. Yeah. Because it will start to affect the active sites of your enzymes and it will start to cause major issues in your body. And then pH. What's pH? How acidic or alkali something. Yeah. So it's about the acidity or the alkalinity. And different enzymes have um, different optimal pHs. And we've talked a little bit about this before. Yeah. You've got enzymes that work best in the acidic conditions of the, the stomach. stomach and the alkaline conditions yeah. of the small intestine. So they'd be different enzymes. They might be the same type of enzyme. So they might be proteases. Mm -hmm. So they might be enzymes that break down protein, but they work in different places. So they have different optimum pHs. This graph here, okay, you can see it's the same pattern as the temperature yeah. graph. It goes up and then it goes down. So as the pH increases, nearer to the optimum pH, it's increasing. And then it goes down after it goes past that optimum pH. The, the correct amount of pH is good for that particular enzyme. But as you go past it, again, the enzyme becomes denatured. We use that same reasoning or that same explanation for why it stops working. Because it as becomes... The as the temperature one, it becomes denatured. And again, we're talking about breaking of bonds. So and that... what would happen in the body? Because obviously the temperature one is you, you're sick, you have a temperature. Yeah. In the same way, how does that work for them breaking down? What would have to be wrong? What, for the pH? Yeah. There's so many things that can, that can happen for that. I mean, like, say your kidneys weren't filtering properly and toxins were staying in your body and staying in your blood. That shouldn't be so people that have like you know kidney failure and have to have dialysis is because the toxins are staying in their blood and causing it to yeah. go acidic and, and things like that carbon dioxide is a little bit acidic that travels around your blood so if you had something up with your lungs if you had some kind of lung issue where you can't get rid of the carbon dioxide as easily and it stays in your blood mm -hmm. it becomes acidic do you see what i'm saying like and it can yeah. start to affect your organs and things like that basically it's going to be disease related yeah it's going to be specifically organ related as well like things just aren't working properly not filtering your blood properly or not breathing out the toxin carbon dioxide as easily and that will start to change the pH of your body ever so slightly. Mm -hmm. Things, Yeah, so again, we're talking about breaking the bonds, active site changing, substrate is no longer complementary to that enzyme, no enzyme substrate complex is forming. Okay, we did it. Oh, is that it? Yeah, we oh, talked about really the That was really interesting, actually. Did it. you enjoy that? Yeah. But it's whether or not you can answer the questions. Okay. That's the thing. Now, our questions this week are... All about they need COVID a nineteen. No, <laughs> the qu our questions this week require a resource because you can't answer questions about factors affecting enzyme activity without actually using the graphs from the exam question on the day. So I've put together a resource of three graphs 
that are taken from exam questions. And I'm going to ask Sarah the questions that go with those graphs. So in order for you to be able to work through these questions yourself, you'll need to go to teachmescience.co.uk and find that resource. So it's got the graphs, and then listen to the podcast to get the questions. And remember, you can always pause us when I've read the question out to answer it before Sarah answers it and before I sort of talk through the correct well, answers. If you want me to pause for a long, long time so you can answer first. <laughs> what actually usually happens, and I cut it out, is I ask her to read it a second time. <laughs> and then I spend a long, long time just sort of going... <laughs> and eventually I come up with the right answer. Or sometimes, like last time, I don't. <laughs> OK, I've got the graphs here. Graph one has uh, three small questions just to go with it. Okay. Okay. The graph shows the effect of substrate concentration on the rate of an enzyme-controlled reaction. Describe what the graph shows about the effect of substrate concentration on the rate of this enzyme-controlled reaction. Two marks. So basically, describe that line. Okay, so when it reaches 20, the rate of reaction plateaus off. But what happens before that? So it goes up. So it increases. The rate of reaction so increases. As the substrate concentration increases. As the subject subject concentration And it goes up all the way up to 20. Okay. Is it 20? 21. <laughs> about 27. It's about... Is it? Yeah. All right. That's a difficult one. Yeah, it That's is quite a difficult. Bit of a, that graph's not great. And the graph's not great because <laughs> it's a bit smaller. Yeah. But you want to pick off exactly where it straightens off. Okay. So it can't still be curving. And that's I about... I think that's 26. Right, fine. Yeah, good. 26. Is that all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So your two marks are for... So first, your first mark is for saying it increases and it plateaus off. And then your second mark is for saying when it plateaus off. Okay. Let me just ask a couple more questions related to that graph question. Okay. That one graph, mm -hmm. okay? What's limiting the rate of reaction between points A and B? And give evidence from the graph for this. So what's limiting the rate of reaction? What's stopping it from being any higher between A and B? Is it the substrate concentration? Yes, yeah. well done. It's the substrate concentration. Exactly. How do we know that? Because it says it here. But how <laughs> do we know it on the line? The line shows us that as you add more substrate, the rate, rate of reaction goes, goes up. up. That's right. So as the substrate increases, the rate increases. Suggest a reason for the shape of the curve between C and D. One mark. That's just when it's plateaued. Yeah, so it's saying suggest a reason. So because we're talking about the actual molecules themselves. Okay. What is happening at that yeah. point? So the substrate concentration has reached a point where there's there's lots and lots of substrates. There's lots of there's lots and lots of subjects, but there's not enough enzymes for the substrates. Yeah, the active sites are all occupied. Yeah, and all being used. And then they're the ones that have got nothing. And there's loads and loads of yeah. substrate left over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the enzyme is the limiting factor now. And we can't make any more enzyme substrate complexes than we are making at that point. Mm -hmm. So you can use any one of those things that I've just said and you will get the mark. So all active sites occupied or saturated. It's a new word, isn't it? We haven't used that. Mm -hmm. So you can say all the active sites are saturated. You know, you understand what that word means. It means um, very, very colourful. No, <laughs> it means can't hold any more. Yeah. Enzyme is a limiting factor or maximum number of enzyme substrate complexes. So they were all the possible marks mm -hmm. there. Right, if you look at graph two. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you this four mark question. The graph shows the effect of temperature on a protease that could be used in a washing powder. Explain the shape of the curve at 50 and 60. So when the temperature is 
hotter at 60, yeah. it is easier to wash the clothes. It's not necessarily easier at those it's higher quicker temperatures. quicker to wash the Is it? It activates quickly. <laughs> Look at the lines. So it takes 30 minutes at 60. What does it say there? Percentage of? Maximum protease activity. Yeah. So, oh, so the, the activity is going it, down. Does the protease stop working and it gets yeah. too hot? Yeah. Oh, okay. So why does it... Why? What happens to it? It becomes... Too hot and then all the bonds break and bonds all the break. active sites melt. And active sites change shape. And they just stop working. And it stops working. What do we call that? Uh, denaturing. Denaturing. Well done. So they're both denatured. Yep. You can see that because... So, the, but the 51 takes a long, long time. No, the 51 has still got some activity. But the 31's good. The 31's working brilliantly. Uh-huh. The 51 is still got some activity, so it's still working a little bit. Yeah. The 61, not. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So, the denaturing is faster at 60. Because it's too hot. Because it's too hot. The vibrations are more uh-huh. vibrating. Does that mean it doesn't wash your clothes as well? It won't work on your clothes, no. Oh. Th- that's what biological washing powders are. So, biological washing powders are washing powders that have enzymes in. Because, like, say you've got food stains on your clothes. Uh-huh. It's actually easier in a way, isn't it, to use enzymes that will break down the food rather yeah. than just a detergent that will clean the clothes. So it's actually got a clever thing to do. You just can't use a high temperature because it won't work. And it's all, it can also be sort of irritant on people's skin. A new fabric softener can cause irritation. Yeah, especially if it's got enzymes in it eating your skin. Mm-hmm. Right. You can see they're both denatured because they're just not working as, as well as they would at 30. But What do you wash your clothes at? It depends on the clothes. I wash towels and bedding at 60. I wash my clothes and Rob's clothes at 40 and the kids' clothes at 30 so that they don't shrink because kids' clothes seem to shrink. The 60s definitely caused a faster de- yeah. denaturation because they've got more kinetic energy, so more bonds have broken. That's caused a change in the shape of the active site so it's no longer complementary or fewer enzyme substrate complexes. So at 50, it's not got as much kinetic energy. It has started to affect the active sites but not as much as 60. Yeah. There's a big okay. difference between 50 and 60. Very, yeah. Very big difference. Right, graph three. Explain the difference in the initial rate of reaction at 60 and at 37, two marks. So if we look at the graph, so the bottom axis is... Time after start of reaction. Time after start of reaction. and then Concentration the... of product in the mixture. So we're just looking at that initial rate of reaction. Mm-hmm. Which one's steeper? 60. 60. Why? Because so it's why too hot. It not at the start. The reaction is happening faster because faster. the 60 then it degrees, plateaus. Yeah. So, but all we're doing, it says it wants the initial rate of reaction. So it's that, that like yeah. literally those first few seconds almost where you've got the 60 degree line is so fast, isn't it? And then. So that's probably like two minutes. Two, so in the first two minutes, it reaches its peak. Yeah. Why is it so fast? The molecules have more what? Kinetic energy. More kinetic energy. So when they have more kinetic energy, they form more. They move around and they form more bonds more, and they bang into each other. That's right. They collide more yeah. and they form the enzyme substrate complexes. And that's your two marks. Last question. Explain the difference in the rates of reaction at 60 and 37 between 20 and 40. So in the 60, it's already plateaued up at that point. Yeah, why? Because the, all the kinetic energy is lost. Or it's, it's, it's already done all the, all the bonding that it can do to a point. So, because we're talking about temperature, okay, we're talking about the enzyme getting too hot and then getting dying. too hot and dying. Yeah, what do we call that word? Denaturing. So it's denatured. So it's sixty. 
it's denatured the enzyme. Denatured really, really quick. So the reaction has stopped. You can see it's not having yeah. any more, it's not making anything else, is it? And then at okay. the 37, between the 20 and the 40, it's still sort of going yep. up, but it's starting Slot, to plateau. Starting to plateau yeah. off, yeah. So but It's not been denatured, though, because that's not high enough temperature. No, it hasn't. So with 37, it's you've just got... just stopped working. Yeah, you've, yeah, it's... You've got to the point where what's the concentration the so of time, the product? Yeah, is there's no more product. It's done. There's no more product to make. There's yeah. no more new product being made because you've used up all your reactant. But sixty, you've denatured all your enzymes, so the reaction has stopped because the shape of the active mm-hmm. sites changed. You can no longer form those enzyme substrate complexes. But there's still substrate available. It's just not being converted it's, to product. Yeah. Okay. So the thirty-seven one is actually better than the sixty-one. Yeah. Yeah, because you're going to make more product. Mm-hmm. Four marks, that question was. So you, you're talking about the times, between the times, between four, between 20 and 60. Between 20 and 40 minutes, you've got the higher temperature, the 60 degrees is denaturing all the enzymes for one mark. So the reaction stops because the active sites have changed shape. Second mark. And then you can say, well, at 60, it's not as high because there must still be substrate mm-hmm. that hasn't been changed to product. But it was too late. The, the enzyme was denatured and it, it couldn't work on the substrate. That was yeah. better. Yeah, that Much was better than last week. Yeah. Well done. We a typical reaction rate can be measured by monitoring the amount of reactant or substrate present over time or the amount of product formed over time. These reactions will typically follow a similar pattern as the rate of reaction will be fastest at the start due to there being lots of reactant and they will collide easily and form product or use up the reactant quickly. As the amount of reactant is used up, the rate slows as the product gets in the way and the reactants can't collide as much to form product. When all the reactant is used up and no more product can be formed, the reaction stops. Rates of enzyme control reactions are affected by enzyme concentration, substrate concentration, temperature and pH. As enzyme concentration increases, the rate increases until it reaches a point where the enzyme concentration no longer has an effect, so it plateaus off. If the enzyme concentration is low, there is not enough active sites for the substrate to occupy, so few enzyme substrate complexes are formed. At this stage, the enzyme concentration is a limiting factor. Eventually, as the enzyme concentration increases, there will be a point where the rate will not increase, as it is limited by the substrate concentration. This is because there is not enough substrate to occupy the active sites available, so no more enzyme substrate complexes can be formed. As substrate concentration increases, the rate increases until it reaches a point where it no longer has an effect and it plateaus off. When the substrate concentration is low, there is not enough substrate to fill the available active sites to form enzyme substrate complexes, so the rate will be low. At this stage, substrate concentration is the limiting factor. Eventually, as the substrate concentration increases, there will be a point where the rate will not increase, as the amount of active sites is limited so no more enzyme substrate complexes can be formed. As the temperature increases, the rate increases until it reaches the optimum temperature. After this, the rate decreases. Increasing temperature gives the molecules more kinetic energy, so they move more and collide more, and they're more likely to collide successfully. Temperatures higher than the optimum temperature will cause a decrease in the rate, as the enzyme molecules are vibrating so much that it causes the hydrogen and ionic bonds to break in the active site. This causes it to change shape. The active site is no longer complementary to the substrate, so no enzyme-substrate complexes can be formed. This is called denaturing. All enzymes have an optimum pH, causing the maximum rate of reaction. Either side of this, the pH will slow the rate due to denaturing. Mm-hmm.
Any takeaways? Yes. Hit me at 30. <laughs> There's an 80% chance I'll live. <laughs> if you hit me at 37. There's an 80% chance I'll use up all the product, all the reaction, <laughs> make all product. Have you quite finished doing your uh, road safety <laughs> takeaways and we'll do some enzyme takeaways? Yes. My first takeaway is that the, the small intestine is alkaline. <laughs> Pretty sure we've had this takeaway <laughs> at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> Got anything else? It's got to be new. Yeah, I learned so much stuff, but I don't know what to say. Like as like little points. What does temperature do? When it's too hot, it denatures. That's my yeah. first one. And what does denaturing mean? That is when all of the bonds break, uh, all of the active sites break, and they can't be fitted together anymore. And so they ex- die. explain that better. So. It gets so hot and everything vibrates too much that it actually, the active site um, changes, changes shape. shape and the bonds break. The bonds, bonds break. Um, they're not complementary anymore. That's right, yeah, that's better. And, that's better. Um, <laughs> Just like, now, now say that better. <laughs> <laughs> Enzyme, substrate, complex. complexes. That's yeah, that word. You, you get to a point where you can't make any more yep. because it's, it's limited and, by... Um, what's available the word plateau as well it yeah. plateaus off is yeah. that three good things yeah that's fine okay. I, I like all those takeaways yeah. good well done um... just a quick reminder of our wider reading for november we are recommending the online magazine catalyst so just search for catalyst magazine or stem learning and you will find this latest edition which is a I think issue 38 which has an array of really interesting articles and it's all for free and it's aimed at 11 to 19 year olds and there's a brilliant article about mitochondria is that the bell yeah that was about oh, good yeah. fantastic i've got to go where are you going just a point my dad's picking me up oh my god <laughs> you better go because he'll be angry <laughs> you won't keep him waiting <laughs> I've been a lot better this week. What have you been? I've been impressed. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you next yeah. time. This was Teach Me Biology, by the way. Yes. Goodbye. Speak to you next week. Bye.